This is Ty. And this is V. And this is Cause I Said So. Thank you for joining us. And actually, V is still out on maternity leave. So I am joined by our guest co-host, Miss Crystal Adams. Hello, hello, hello. How are you? <laughs> I am doing well. How was your week? Uh, my week was awesome. Busy as usual. Yeah. Yep. Balancing act of family, kids, and work. It's it's, it's always that, that balancing act, isn't it? I like to call it more of like integration. <laughs> you got to find out how things are going to fit, right? Make everything fit. So I had a really good um, past couple of weeks. I had the event, um, Envision. That was awesome. Yeah, you had a good time. I did. I did have a good time. It was nice seeing so many women there. Working and planning their future. So that was nice. Man, listen, that room was packed. I was so overwhelmed. And I told everybody, get your tickets. If you don't get your tickets, you're not going to be able to come to the door <laughs> trying to buy tickets. I still have people like, can I just cash up you? <laughs> like, I'm already here. <laughs> no. <laughs> We're full. Um, but no, that was a really great uh, time. And then um, I just hosted another workshop uh, with Dr. Joy Smith talking about who do you bring to work like, um, imposter syndrome and how you present at work and kind of what does that look like so yeah so that was really great so what's going on what are we what are we talking about today well so there's been a lot in social media regarding uh, the royalty of England mm, the and, monarchy yes and, and, and you know obviously um, the conversation around um, their marriage, Harry and Meghan, and what that means to them and how that has led to them exiting from the British royal family. And so they're calling it Megxit, and I don't really like that name because I feel like they're putting more um, credence, if you will, on her. I like mm-hmm. saying like it's kind of her fault, so they're calling it Megxit. I yeah. don't like that, so I'm not going to call it Megxit. So we don't have to call it that, but I think what is interesting to point out, and I've actually seen this dynamic in lots of ways is that um when you see a couple and they make a major decision frequently to like something to this you know this level is frequently seen at if and if the decision isn't agreeable to everyone all the critics right because mm-hmm. it doesn't matter who else agrees with the other than two people in the relationship but mm-hmm. it's always the woman's quote unquote fault. And I always find that interesting that, you know, the woman is at fault for a man making a decision and it's it's not a decision that they made together, right? So if they make a decision to do something, everyone agrees with. They bought, like, they, oh, they bought a new house together. Right, right, But, right. like, okay, they, they're moving away from family and friends. Oh, she wants to move. Like, it's all, I, I don't know, maybe it's just what I've witnessed, but I always feel like whenever the decision is a decision that people don't agree with, they treat the women as if she forcefully made her husband do something he did not desire to do on his own. Right. And I think that's that that says a lot about people. Yeah. And relationships. And I mean, so I'm not a, a royal, if you will, but um, like I've definitely experienced that in my own family. Um, you know, my my husband, he does not have a great relationship with his biological sister. And they did not have a seemingly great relationship before I got there. But after I, you know, entered into the picture, I feel like it it became exaggerated. 
And, you know, she really didn't like me. And then we got married. And, like, he didn't invite her to the wedding. And then we had the baby. And, like, she was not invited to any of the things. And I would say to him, like, hey, do you want to invite your sister? Blah, blah, blah. And he's just like, no. But what he explained to me was that she committed the ultimate, like, sin, if you will. So In his eyes. In his eyes. So, I guess it was one thing for her to be disrespectful to him. But once she started, like, disrespecting, like, me and, like, his his immediate family that he built, he was just like, no. Like, it's a wrap. So, kudos to your husband. Because I can assure you that... um not everybody's spouse shows up for them in that way. Yeah. And so that is that. And like, in my own personal experience, I definitely don't like, I love my husband and he's one of seven kids. He's like, if I got into a, like a really nasty, like if one of his siblings said something really nasty about me or whatever, I don't know, really know what his response will be. So let me not say what he would or would not say, but I can assure you whatever that would lead to would not lead to him not speaking to them. Again, like that, that would never be the thing like, oh, that, that this the ultimate disrespect is what you said about my spouse. So, and I don't necessarily know if I need that because I don't think I do, but I do think there's a, there's an importance of showing up for your spouse and your mate in that way. Mm-hmm. And I feel like when you do that, the message you're sending is that we're one mm-hmm. and not, um, her and me or us versus them. And so it's interesting if you go back to that. Harry and Meghan situation, he finally released a statement. A statement, yes, he did. And that says a lot because he's just like, wait, hold on. This isn't like my wife. This is me protecting my family. And that's interesting because when people think of their men as being protectors, you know, oh, Ken, if we're we're somewhere we're going to be in harm's way, is he going to protect me? But like being a protector isn't necessarily a physical thing. Like he's trying to protect her emotional and you know her emotional well-being and her mental well-being because those are just as important as her physical well-being and so you know when you're talking about being a protector that's just that and I also think being a protector isn't just a a man's job I think that goes both ways so mm-hmm. for me personally I don't have any one in my life who has a problem with my husband per se but people in my life also know like if you have a problem with my husband, you need to be really kind of careful on what you're choosing to say to me about my husband. Mm-hmm. So I think that's, that is also the difference. Like there's no one who would ever come to me sideways about my husband. And even if I'm mad at him, like what I'm mad about isn't, that's none of your business. Like that's what I'm mad about. So in that way, I feel like I don't have to like defend or protect him because people like no one's going to cross that line with me and I and that's good because I think that says a lot about what I put out like now you can't really disrespect my relationship in that way right and and so people understand the boundary and people understand that that is something that you hold sacred in your life and I think that's really all that you know Harry is trying to do is to say listen this matters to me like my family matters to me this is something that I hold sacred and although I am a part of the monarchy oops excuse me although I am a part of the monarchy um I refuse 
to allow um, my family to be uh, subjected to racism, um, intolerance. They had a photo of the baby as a chimp. Someone posted mm-hmm. a photo. That, of that the baby journalist as a lost chimp. his job, I believe. If I yeah. if I if I looked, I believe I read that he lost his job. So then the question is, how do you? So let's go this two ways. How do you feel like people show up for their spouses? Like how? Yeah. What ways do you think that someone should show up for their spouse? So, if I go back to what like my husband did, so I I look at that as twofold. One. I appreciate it. Like, on one hand, I appreciate it. But on the other hand, I'm also like, that's your family. You know what I mean? So it's like, okay, yes, you you set the boundary, you put your foot down or what have you. But on the other hand, I'm like, like, our daughter is three and she doesn't know your sister. Like, that's your blood sister. And so I'm, I guess I'm more open to a second chance, if you will. Um, and I feel like people grow and I also know that she has challenges. So I guess like, that's my heart saying, you know, maybe that wasn't really her, mm-hmm. you know, speaking. <clears throat> so you feel like you're willing to like, give it another shot. Right. Right. Because I feel like family is really important. So do you feel like, um, so I don't know in that situation, do you feel like you also don't want to be seen as the cause of it hmm like you know by having him fix it, it's like see it's not me it's really you know i'm here trying to make it work um mm. and so possibly yeah because i wonder because I, I i know as who i am as a person i don't want to be seen as the one who is the this at the center of a you know controversy between people who love each other like this is your sibling like I don't mm-hmm. want to be in the middle of that um so I I would probably too feel compelled to convince my spouse to work on that relationship mm-hmm. that I felt that I was the center of the controversy but then you know once you do that you try to bridge that gap now if that doesn't work then if the relationship still is struggling or fails you you don't have that guilt of well if it wasn't for me right mm-hmm. I don't know that's how I would feel um mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so that's another way you which your husband I guess can show up for you because obviously it bothers you enough for you to want him to do something differently yeah you know what I think so I don't really <laughs> we <laughs> so the question is about the family right mm-hmm. he doesn't really have a um like a close knit relationship with any of his like family besides his brother but what do you consider so, okay so what do you consider close knit because i feel like that's very subjective mm-hmm. right it is. um so i have cousins who i feel like i am close to um but we don't spend a lot of time together and to be quite honest i am not um someone who needs to have a lot of face time with people i care about and mm-hmm. uh, and that is for for like for example for my husband and i that is i definitely think Ways in which we're polar opposite. Mm-hmm. Um, his family is together often, frequently. They see each other almost every single day, or you know, they they don't go a, a good amount of time without seeing and or speaking to one another. Mm-hmm. And that's how they maintain their relationships. I am, you know, I don't do that. Like my brother and I are here speak from each other when we do. We'll check in. How are you doing? Hey, I love you. Talk to you soon. Same with my sisters. Um, same with my cousins. 
but I don't love them any less. Mm -hmm. I just don't need them to be around me as much. Mm -hmm. Like if they're around, they're great. I don't like not want them around, but I don't feel like we're not close or close knit because we're not in each other's lives as frequently. So I guess to answer that question, um, he speaks to his brother probably, if not every day, every other day, mm -hmm. um, via like text. Um, but we, he does not speak to any other family members pretty much like at all. But are we defining close by frequency of communication or sharing major life milestones? Are we... He doesn't do any of that. So I'm, I'm defining it by sharing major life milestones. I'm defining it by spending time together. I'm defining it by communication. I'm also defining it by attitude of communication. So if, like, my husband will furl, furl up his face. <laughs> Like, if someone, like, calls him, like, it could be his own dad to call him. He'll furl up his face. That's just, that's different. So, for me, for example, like, you know, I have a cousin, um, Thomas in particular. Thomas and I are very close, right? And um, he's in the military, so he lives all over the world. And, you know, we talk. Sometimes we talk. We talk for hours. Mm -hmm. um, but we don't talk that often because, you know, we're in different time zones. We're different jobs. And... It's interesting. We can both be extroverts, but he also can be like a very much an introverted person. So he doesn't really require much FaceTime stuff. He doesn't want to be taken out of his comfort. So I know that if he were to come here and like, and he has come and over the years and spent time with me for days or whatever, I know that is him completely coming out of his comfort zone mm -hmm. to accommodate me because he doesn't need that. But he does like when we touch base. He does like when we talk. Mm -hmm. um, but he doesn't want to have me in his face or in his space all the time. Mm -hmm. But he's always been like that. But it doesn't mean I don't... He, but he makes it clear to me when we do speak how much he values our relationship and me as a person. He just doesn't need to... He, like, but he could go a straight six months and not talk to me and be good. And he's okay with that. Right. So that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know if his, your husband's relationship with his family is just like, I love you, but I don't want to see you all the time. And, but it doesn't mean I don't love you any less. So you're still important to me, but I don't need that constant contact. His thing is the most important thing is us. Like our little family. He doesn't really, he doesn't really like consider, um, like the... Extra family, not extra family, but um, extended family, extended family as like family, family like that. His whole thing is he has his own family. It's our little family and that's his family. Whereas I am, I'm, I'm, I guess, completely opposite because of my own upbringing. So um, for those of you who are new to listening, my mom passed away when I was six years old. My father was in and out of jail my entire life. Um, so... I lived with a lot of different people, mostly family, mostly cousins, some friends of the family. But I have like two, two families, if you will. Mm -hmm. So I have my biological family on my mother's side that, you know, I have relationships with people with. And then I have the family that took me in and kind of adopted me, if you will. Um, so I have those two families. And so that's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot of people um, and a, a lot of different personalities and just a lot to manage. And so 
my husband will not like to go to. It's overwhelming. It is overwhelming. He won't. He doesn't want to go to like family events and things like that because he does not do that with his own family. So for him, it's just us. Like we are the family. We are important. Me, him, and our daughter. So, but also your husband, for my, you know, from he's an introvert. Is an introvert, and Absolutely. so literally, like the constant socializing for introverts is incredibly draining. Um, <clears throat> I think I've always classified myself as an extrovert. I feel like I've even taken personality tests, and they've come up with extroverted. But I realize I'm a extrovert who needs their quiet time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm the same. I don't like being around people all the time. And so I find that, like, you know, the as I've as our family has grown, as the kids have gotten older, I find less and less time that I'm alone by myself, and I need that. And so that is also something that I'm trying to get my husband to understand that, you know, because people who know me know me as an extrovert. So when I start to withdraw, everyone is like, oh, what's wrong? And so everyone's trying to figure out the problem. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that's a way in which, so I feel like my husband has a hard time being the type of person who like shows up and stands up for me. Not because he doesn't love me or care about me. I don't think he knows how to do it because he doesn't want to make people seem like he's picking me over them Mm -hmm. um and i do have a problem with that Mm -hmm. i do feel like well if you're not picking me over everyone else then what's the point Mm. so um i get it but they're very tight he's very tight with his siblings so it's just like he never wants to offend anyone Mm -hmm. and um and i i get that but I don't necessarily think, like, if, if someone puts you in a position where you have to defend your spouse, then maybe the issue is why they put you in that position, not why you're having to defend them. Mm-hmm. That's just how I see it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, the fact that you even put me in a position where I need to defend my spouse is really the problem, mm-hmm. not that I'm defending my spouse. So, um, I do try, though, to not put him in a situation where he has to explain me for other people. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, no, and so... I think he gets uncomfortable when he has to kind of like defend me, if that yeah. makes sense. I think it's just, it's not who he is as a person and he, and he doesn't like it. Um, and he wants me to, he also is the first person I've ever met who insisted that I've had relationships with every single person in their life, like my own relationship. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't want to be like in it. He wants to like remove himself from that. Right. So he wants me to have a direct line to everybody and therefore, he doesn't have to put himself in the middle, mm. which I think is a very different approach of um, that. But I think one conversation we had very early in our relationship was I asked him, because there's a lot of people in his family and there are a lot of women in his family. Um, and I don't always know how to form the best relationships with other women. I've always struggled with that. And... Um, you know, I asked him, like, so if your whole family hates me, what does that look like for us? Right? And he was just like, doesn't mean it has it has no no bearing, no impact. And I find that interesting that that was his response. Cause I think he meant it, but I don't know if he could live it mm-hmm. if it ever came to that, right? Mm-hmm. Because I don't think if I was just like, hey, I'm not I did not want a relationship with your family, which that's never come to that. But I don't think he could have lived that. I think he I think he thought he could. And I think he's grateful that he didn't have to. But I don't think he could live that. And that and I think a lot of people couldn't. I don't know if you could. Like if your husband was like. If your family did something. Your husband found. As egregious as what his sister did. 
could you just cut them off and be like, okay, well, now I'm just staying in the bubble with just the three of us? No. I couldn't. I couldn't. I mean, I, whew, I... And see, I'm a fixer by nature, so I would be just trying to, like, fix and repair the relationship <laughs> and saying, let's all sit down and let's talk about it because I'm I'm not one to just... I'm not one to just, like, cut somebody off and then, like, just live my life out as if nothing ever happened or existed. I'm the person that's like, okay, let's, we need, we need, we might need some time apart, right? We might need some time to breathe. Everybody needs some mm -hmm. time to chill, cool down. But after that, we need to talk about it because we're family. Like that's the type of person that I am. So interestingly, my husband's a very different approach mm -hmm. to that. To is those, he in a border? He's a, he's a complete border. He and is, that's how, that's how my husband is. So for example, um, if there's there like there's someone I don't talk to, someone in his family doesn't speak to me, right? We, they have a problem. We, you know, he's never going to say, "Let's sit down and discuss it." He's going to act like it, like it, he's going to ignore it, mm -hmm. and he's going to want me. Like, and, and I know this because we've experienced this, where it's just like, "Well, that person and you aren't speaking. Mm -hmm. We're going to this event. They're going to be there. Just ignore them." And. We're all in a room and I'm not speaking to this person. And I find it very challenging. And it's awkward. Because everyone else is speaking to this person. Right? And so, like, we're having a dialogue. Everyone's talking. I'm not responding directly to this person. This person's not responding directly to me. You know, this person comes in a room. They'll speak to everyone in a room but me. I speak to everyone in a room but them. Now, it wasn't a choice for me to not speak to them. It was a, their choice to not speak to, to me. And... To be quite honest, it's been quite some time. It's been like seven years. Wow. And um, I have gotten to the point where it is incredibly uncomfortable for me. So I limit the exposure to that situation for me because I find it to be emotionally draining to just like be in someone's space and not engage with them. Um, and, and because we're always, it's always such an intimate space that we're in to like not engage with this person. Uh, and my husband's approach is like, well, if they don't want to talk to you, then forget it. Like, forget them. They're not, then it's, it's fine. Let it be. And I'm just like, I, I can't, I couldn't do that. So mm -hmm. not to that point, I'm probably like, you know, I would like want to like sit down and have the discussion, but the, like, it's never happened. And now it's kind of like maybe it's seven years too late. Mm. I don't know. Right. Relationships, I guess, always have an opportunity to be fixed, but for me, I just, I just try to avoid it as much as I can these days. I find that the older I get, the less of a mask I'm able to wear mm -hmm. for certain situations. And, you know, I just find that to be emotionally draining. So I limit it because I don't want to have to constantly like pretend. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily pretending, but it's it's just draining. It's just like, oh God. Okay, like how much fun can I have when there's a whole person in a room that everyone else is speaking to that I'm not speaking to? And we're just constantly sitting there trying to avoid each other. Yeah, it's just, it's just, and childish. Every, it's just not how I, I, I'm not going to call it childish, mm -hmm. but I will say it is not how I am wired as a person, mm -hmm. emotionally, as whatever. And this isn't some, and the odd to me, the odd thing is this is someone who I actually, really cared about dearly and like really thought very highly of mm -hmm. 
and at some point I would say had a very good relationship with. Um, and, and the fact that we never got a chance to discuss it really bothered me. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so maybe you should discuss it, but how do you have a conversation with someone who doesn't want to talk to you? Cause I'm not going to force it. Cause when it initially happened, I specific- suggested and see when it initially happened, mm-hmm. I asked like, was there a problem? And you know, they initially were like, no, it's nothing wrong. But then it just kind of grew into us not speaking at all. And mm-hmm. so I just was like, oh. okay. Right. And I don't know what to do with that. And I will admit this has probably been a sore spot in my relationship with my husband because he hasn't addressed it and mm-hmm. hasn't fixed it. And so in that way, I feel like he has not shown up for me. Mm-hmm. And in his mind, well, the fact that I'm like, ignore it and I'm we're still good. Mm-hmm. For him, in his mind, like, well, I, you know, I'm good with you. So, like, why do you care? So, I think that's his point. Like, his mm-hmm. point is, why do you care? And, and I'll admit, like, in this particular situation, that person has, um, like, I had a flat tire. They've come to see about me whilst I had the flat tire, still whilst not speaking to me. <laughs> but, again, you're but not showing up for me. Yeah. Because so, then I don't know. Do you, don't, but you don't care about me. Mm-hmm. You care about him. Mm-hmm. And so, what you're doing it. Is you're doing for him. You're not. I, I feel like you're not doing it because of me. Mm-hmm. That you care about. I feel like you're doing it for him. And it bothers me. It like. Anyone who knows me knows that I am a. Like. Relationships. I don't have a lot of close relationships with people. Mm-hmm. And it's because I don't know how to do like the halfway in halfway out. Like we're either close or we're not. Right. Either I care about you or I don't. Right. And not, not to sound so harsh, but like either, you know, I consider you someone who, whatever, if I'm vulnerable with you mm-hmm. and I let down like my walls and I let you in and then you hurt me, I, I have a hard time recovering from those types of relationships because I feel like I'm so cautious before entering. So this is definitely one of those relationships I think definitely bothered me a lot. And because of that, it has definitely been a repeated issue that has come up in my relationship with my husband. Because we haven't addressed it. And I feel like in that way, he didn't show up for me. So just um, just this past Sunday, my pastor, um, Dr. Darius Daniels, he was talking about having the difficult conversations that you don't necessarily want to have with people. Mm-hmm. And so in having those difficult conversations, he was saying that, you know, you have to address those things. That you don't necessarily want to talk about or address because if you don't, it's just going to fester and then more tension is going to build and then it's going to come to a head. So if I could give you an advice in that situation, I would say talk to your husband. Um, and if your husband isn't willing to uh, assist you in addressing that situation, then you just make the first step in addressing it with that person. Because from what I'm hearing, it sounds like your husband wants you to have your own relationship with the members of his family. Yeah. And and like it's up to you to nurture those relationships or, um, you know, let them fall where they may. So I feel like the middle ground of that is that I have tried to have these relationships. I've had this relationship. If this is one that is um, needs help, then you need to step in because... I've made the, like, I've done the work to make the relationship, to build the relationship. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, it's at an impasse. And so as someone who loves us both, I need you to kind of 
step in and yeah. help um, see that it gets back on course. And for the fact that he hasn't chosen to do that is definitely a, a, a sore spot for me. Now, I'm going to tell you well, what you probably bothers me even And I have, but I, it's just... Um, so two things, twofold. One, what is also starting to bother me is that my kids are getting older and that they're now starting to pick up on these little things. Mm-hmm. That bothers me probably... That probably has made it worse for me, mm-hmm. but that they're starting to pick up on it. Um, and especially my oldest, she is very intuitive. She picks up on... Everything. She really does. And she asks those questions. Well, why is this like this, right? And I, I notice that she also sides with me because I'm her mother. And in her is the wish to protect me. And I find that to be so fascinating mm-hmm. coming from an eight-year-old who wants to always protect me. So if like, I'm going to tell you, if my daughter don't think you like me, she don't like you. That's it. <laughs> if you, if my daughter has heard you talking smack about me or something, she's going to tell me she does not like you. And she's, she should. <laughs> I, yes and no. Right. I don't want her to feel like she has to wear the burden of protecting me. Mm-hmm. You know, that is not a burden I want to put on her that she needs. So I want to fix this relationship so she doesn't need to feel like she has to show up for me. Mm-hmm. Because the reality is the person who should show up for me is her dad, not her. Mm-hmm. And I don't want her to be burdened. And I know that burden because that was who I was as a child when it came to my mom. Mm-hmm. Like, if you didn't like my mom, well, that's it for me and you. There was just, there was never going to be a us. You don't, want, you don't like my mama? Then I don't like you either. Like, that's just how I was. Like, I was very protective of my mother. Mm-hmm. So, I don't... And I, so, I know the burden that can put on a child. I don't want to put that on my kid at all. And so, when I catch her trying to be like that... So, that is also, for the most part, I think, why I even go through the motions of the, like, keeping up appearances, I guess, for lack of a better words, is so my kids don't feel like they need to whatever. And I don't, I don't want them to have to like they need to protect me or, um, you know, show up for me because they they shouldn't have to. Like I think too often, um, people allow their kids to jump into emotionally mature things that they shouldn't be in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, at least in my family, that was my experience. Like there were just mm-hmm. some things that really were adult related that I should have probably never emotionally been subjected to mm-hmm. that made me choose between people. And I don't want my kids to go through that. And so, um, you know, we out here changing them generational curses. That's just one that I'm not trying to put on my babies, like the need to protect people. But also when it comes to relationships, I do want my kids to see the importance of standing up for the people who do matter for you, mm-hmm. but only when it's appropriate. And I don't think it's appropriate. So... How does that look? Because I feel like we've talked about that um, a little bit or what have you um, throughout this podcast. We've like I've given my personal examples. We've kind of talked about Harry and Megan. Um, but what would you say are at least between three to five concrete examples of what does that look like for us regular folk? Not regular, but <laughs> those who are not good who, who are and not, of dollars. Right, right. Who are not. First of all, can we just go deeply or deeper into that? Harry was like, listen, I don't want your money. He reminded me of um remember TI and ATL. I don't want to kick it with your skate with your nothing. Like, <laughs> like I love you, but like, nah, like I don't want your money. I don't want the title. Like I thought I was gonna be able to do X, Y, and Z still, but you you want some other shit. 
So like now I'm saying, all right, you can keep your title. We're going to pay back this 2.4 pounds, million pounds. And we out. Like he really, I feel like he kind of did like a, a total flip. Cause at first it was like, they were still in negotiations. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, I think, I think, I just think maybe they didn't, they, I guess they just probably drew a hard line in the sand thinking that they could kind of force their hands and mm, did. Probably. Um, but first of all, like, I mean, if we're being real honest and I, I, I find this whole Meghan Markle thing fascinating only because I don't know why we care. Um, but <laughs> I just like that he's showing she up. She wasn't. For her. She wasn't struggling. Like she, she wasn't had a, struggling. She had, she had her own, own career, money, her, her own, own career, and she probably had, they're probably gonna have so many more opportunities just because of who they are right, now right, right. And, and who that what their brand represents. So honestly, I think we just care because she's a black princess. Here's no. Here's what I will say: that they're gaining their freedom. Yes. And seemingly. And but by gaining by like going by pursuing their freedom, I think a world of other opportunities is going to open up for them. Mm -hmm. And so I don't I don't think that they are losing anything, mm -hmm. right? Other than gaining their freedom. But the only thing I can say that they're honestly losing is they're they're standing up to his family and letting them know like this is what this is. That is incredibly important to me. Yeah. And so. Like I said, when it comes to my family, like people already know, like don't don't play games when it comes to um, my family. So I'll, to be honest with you, I have, uh, you know, my husband and I have three kids together. My husband had three kids from his first marriage, so there's six children we have together. And I remember earlier years, like my family, um, being so excited about me having my first child. That I think someone like went and got like gifts for my daughters, but like didn't get gifts for the other kids, mm. or it was something to that effect. Some way they, I felt like they excluded them. So I checked that real quick. Pause. I get what you think that they're not my kids, but they live in my home, and my husband and I weren't married at the time too. So I think that's kind of how they try to justify it. Like, mm. well, that's not your husband, so technically those aren't your stepkids. And I was like, no, this is my family, right? right? And just because the titles that we have don't necessarily you know meet your criteria of what a family is this is my family right so let's let's not let's not ever ever be back in this situation again where i need to clarify this for you this is the man i'm having children with whether we're married whether we're engaged whether he's my boyfriend my baby daddy whatever how do you want to call it we live together we have a child together he has other kids who live in my home this is my family. Mm -hmm. So let's be clear. And, and also it was kind of going back to the other conversation we had with the last episode showing up. Like, well, why do you need to be with his family when, you you know, especially before we had kids, you don't have any kids. Well, well, you know, Christmas is here. The, the kids we have in our home want to spend with their family. So we're not going to just be with our family when their cousins are there and their toys and their gifts right. and whatever. So I've made it like from the beginning, like there is no... His kids and my kids. This is my family. So you either like you love me and all of us, or you can none of us. And my family's already very been very receptive of my husband. Um, they weren't necessarily. I'm not gonna say weren't they weren't receptive of his kids, but they didn't. I needed them to understand like this is there's this is no different than whatever. Now his was interesting. My brother has um his wife has a child from a prior relationship, and I think they were very welcoming of him because. When my brother and him and her got together, his dad wasn't around as much. 
Hmm. Right? So it was easier to take him under the family wing because there was no other family. Mm-hmm. Whereas then with my husband's relationship, it's very different. Like his kid's mom has always been there. So I guess they felt like, well, what is my role really? Mm-hmm. Right? So I get that. And um, blended families is a whole nother conversation we can have on a different episode because the, the complexities of that is, I find to be amazing. Um, and, and especially in the lack of preparation we prepare our families for. I don't think anyone prepares their kids to have a blended family. Mm-hmm. And I think that's also a huge... I think that'd be a great episode. Yeah. And I think that's a huge problem. But what I will say is that <laughs> like, this is my family. So no one, no one, like I said, no one in my life would disrespect my husband at all in any shape, form, or fashion. Mm-hmm. And if any beef you really have with him, you need to come to me and we all going to figure it out. Whereas my husband's attitude is like, yo, you got to be for my wife. That's fine. Then don't talk to her and you're, you'll live. She'll live. And nobody's going to die. He doesn't see the need to fix it. But he's also mm-hmm. not um, confrontational in that way. Not to say he's not confrontational in his own way. Is it don't not, talk no. to her or don't talk to us? Oh, no. It's don't talk to her. Oh, so he'll still have a relationship. Oh, yeah. No. And, that, and that's where now he and that I. That would. Oh, my God. That, is that where, would boil my blood. <laughs> And this is where he and I differ, right? And, you know, it's interesting. People always say, oh, you know, you got to find people you're compatible with. Compatibility is so... So subjective. Well, there's so many layers to it, yeah. right? There's certain, you could be compatible in certain areas and not compatible in others. How would you even know this would be a thing you need to be compatible about? Right. right? Like, until there's a problem. Until you go Because no one's thinking, like, hey, right. so let me ask you a question. If, like, a close family... Hypothetically. Member, like, no one thinks about that. And so my husband has a friend who, yeah. um, me and his friend had it out. And so initially the friend was still coming over here and like not speaking to me. And so I just told my husband to the side, like, pause. Not in my house. And he doesn't come over anymore. Yeah. It, it started to like die down. And my thing was this. One, I did nothing to your little friend. So your not friend, little friend. Your little, your little <laughs> friend being real stupid. And I don't have time. Your friend yeah. ignorant. I'm not about to sit here and deal with this. Yeah. But. Pause. Anytime a black woman feels some type of way about you, you you, you little, you little, everything you little. about your you, your little friend, your little your girlfriend, little job, your little boyfriend, your, your little house, your little yeah, all of that. Everything is you little. little. So your little friend, and again, so and and for me, with that relationship was different. If with that relationship, if you don't want to fix that, right, that's fine. That person is kinda important to you, but not someone I have to deal with. See. Or be around often. And so mm-hmm. if they show up to an event, I don't care. I may see them several times a year. Now, they do still come down by here, usually when I'm asleep, and they don't come in the house. They come pull outside. They meet outside. Congregate how you wish. Mm-hmm. But the problem I was still having was initially, like, dude wanted to still come here and not talk to me. So, like, I, a couple times I had come home, and he was here, like, sitting here, and, like, not saying hello. So then one time... He says to my husband, he must have, I said something to my husband. My husband must have mentioned it to him. He said, well, she didn't speak to me either. And I was like, wait, your friend told you, whose house is this? Right. You need to explain, remind him, like, you came to my house and my wife lives here. You don't get to not speak to me. Um, And, like, his friend said something. And I just thought it was, like, real disrespectful. And I don't know. I think. Part of it, and this is and this is maybe where showing up for your spouse is different for other people. My husband has been divorced before. And um, I think that 
in in going through that divorce, people who you thought like people choose sides. Mm-hmm. So I think in that sense, he may have lost people who he thought he was like close to have relationships with, who chose his ex wife over him, right? And so for the people who remained with him and were loyal to him and did not choose her over him, I think he's protective of. Mm. I don't think he realizes that though, because those are like his his. His main relationships, if you will, friendships. And they've been through that. So I don't think he wants to make them feel, these people who have remained loyal, that he's choosing me over them because when it came to your last relationship, I'm still here and that person's gone. Because actually, that was actually one of the comments that um, that particular friend said to me. Um, and we'll go into that. He, but the friend made a comment and I just was like, yeah, um, your friend said this to me. So the the statement his friend made was, you know, because he didn't like something I said to him. And I was actually just joking with the little friend. And he was just like, well, I was here before you and I'll probably be here after you. And oh, I said to my after. husband, like, exactly. Did your friend just say <laughs> after to me? But like, I know, you know, he and I have talked and I know he mentioned that he used to be real close with real tight with his Mm mother-in-law his former mother-in-law and they're not anymore Mm -hmm. because you know at the end of the day she chose to um she chose you know her obviously i I think her daughter gave her a choice like either you're in my life Mm -hmm. or you're in his life but you can't be in both Mm -hmm. and he won't my husband will never admit that that hurt him Mm -hmm. but he, he mentioned how close he used to be with her and he's mentioned this to me multiple times and i also know that they're not close or don't speak anymore so I feel like that may have bothered him. I feel like he doesn't understand. He, he's never processed that. Mm-hmm. And so that is why he is with the relationships he's at. I think the, he's very mindful of the people who remain loyal to him. He doesn't want to offend them. And so therefore he doesn't want them to feel like he's picking me over them because he's also been divorced before. Mm. So right? he has that, those uh, losses of relationships in the past that hurt him when he had mm-hmm. to lose those relationships. I can understand that. And so I think he doesn't want to rock the boat um, and make people feel like I'm choosing her over you because God forbid if this marriage doesn't work, then what, what, Then I've lost you for what reason, right? Right, right. Like right. I've given up this relationship with you at what cost? And and that's why relationships are hard. They're complex. These are, you know, dealing with the human psyche and all of that is not an easy thing. Um, and I'm not, I'm far from an expert of even knowing what to say, do protect, deal with that. So I don't know. But in that way, I think that's where you also have to understand, like, what does showing up? So in my husband's mind, he does show up for me because mm-hmm. whether people want to be friends with me or speak to me or not, I'm still going to be with you. So in his mind, I am showing up for you because mm-hmm. they're, because I'm standing by you. Exactly. Them not approving of you, them not wanting to be bothered with you does no not change how I feel about you. Mm-hmm. I still love you just as much because I love you and how they feel about you in no way impacts how I feel about you. So therefore I am showing up for you. So we just don't see it necessarily the same way. Okay. I get that. So, yeah. Hmm. So I don't know. So I think, I think showing up for your spouse, I think it definitely can look different ways, but I do feel like you, you have to say something to a person. I feel like just ignoring them or, um, 
Because that's what my husband does. Like, he just ignores <laughs> his sister. Like, she's on, she's on block. Like, she can't even, like, send a message or anything. Um, but I know that that is also, like, his avoidance behaviors and, like, him being non-confrontational. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what it is. My husband doesn't have yeah. the conversation over that. Um, but I feel like that, that, that's, I feel like that's not healthy. Yeah, it's not healthy it's and dysfunctional. I'm, and I'm not sure if that's really showing up. I feel like that's like, all right, I'm not dealing with you. I'm not dealing with this. Period. So, and so you're not really you're not addressing it. I so like goes addressing back to it is showing what I up. said, and that's yeah. what I said to you. What does showing up for your spouse look like? Yeah, for what me, it's addressing really it. You got to address it and 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 work on it and fix it. And I think it's the same thing for me too. Like you need to address it, work on it, and fix it. Mm-hmm. But for your husband, avoidance is me showing up for you. For my husband riding with you even though they don't mess with you is showing up for me mm-hmm. right and then but for the both of us we're like yeah no but that's not exactly what that looks like and that and so that's why it's complicated because what showing up for your spouse might mean to you versus them is two different things and how do you know like when you're like into a relationship what that's going to be mm-hmm. now like in this megan harry thing the difference is and the, the i think what's forced his hand is what has happened with his mom. Right. Right? So he sees what this could turn into. Right. If, if he this... allows it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Your husband doesn't have a what this could turn into. Well, according to like, him, that's he... why he's not he's not speaking to her because I'm like, well, why don't you invite her to this and this and this? And he's like, no, because if she do something to you or to, to our daughter, like, I'm going to lose it. Yeah. And so, I mean... What we both are saying is that our husbands are using the tools that they have to handle the situation in the ways in which they best believe that they are handling it. Mm-hmm. And clearly, we're both not in agreement with the way in which our spouses are choosing to um, deal with these relationships. And that is interesting because one of the bigger issues I find in a relationship is when a person feels like you don't value what they're offering, right? Mm-hmm. And although the, both our husbands seem feel like they're offering us protection, we're both like, I still feel vulnerable. You feel vulnerable because you feel like family's important to me and you were neglecting an aspect of your family mm-hmm. and also denying our child an opportunity to have that relationship with someone who was blood. Right. And for me, I feel like... Um, you are not honoring or protecting me because you have not addressed something that bothers me mm-hmm. and you are avoiding it. And so I feel um, vulnerable because of that. But he feels like does it, it doesn't matter. And, they, you know, so they're both they both feel like they're doing their very best. <laughs> right. Um, but that's that. And so I wonder what Harry had done what he did for Megan if it wasn't for what has happened with his mom. Probably not. I mean, we can't say. Yeah, but what I, mean, I can I don't know, say, but that... I know that that definitely was like a um, a major factor in yeah. like his decision to be like, nah, we gotta get out of here. Like, I don't feel like you're safe. And yeah, and also, you know what's interesting too? Like, how old is Megan? Megan's older, older than him. And he's thirty five. So me and him are the same age. Oh, Harry, we the same age. So I think that's also very interesting too, right? I feel like. What you're willing to accept and deal with at a certain age is very different. 
when you're young, right? I've been with my husband um, 12 years of my life, right? So I've been with my husband until I was like, you know, about to be 39 um, whew, in a couple weeks. And I've been with my husband since I was 27 years old. So who I am today versus who I was then, it's completely different. People, um, and I, I don't operate the same way. And I, you know, my values have changed tremendously. Um, how, you know, who, what's important to me has changed as well. How I deal with relationships, how I deal with drama mm-hmm. has changed. Like all of that has changed. Mm-hmm. So I think had like this situation, like I said, this has been seven years mm-hmm. in the making. If something like that were to occur today, it would be handled in a completely different way. Mm. But this is a situation that my seven, you know, myself seven years ago entered into not really knowing how to respond to that. And so, um, you know, so I hear what you're saying. Like, maybe I should reach out at this point. I just don't know what that looks like. So I haven't. And I haven't reached out because I don't want to upset my husband. Yeah, and I feel like if I reach out, it, it won't work unless my husband has my back. Mm-hmm. And because he's very much okay with the situation, I don't think he would. And so, because he feels like it's fine. Like, you, why are you like why are you bothering it? Like, it is what it is. Leave it alone. And I and and so that's that. But because I have gone through so much um, growth, I feel like the last couple of years emotionally. I've learned to be more protective of my space and my energy. Mm-hmm. I feel like I can't continuously engage in that because it is very draining on me. And like energy is not, you know, infinite. I don't have an infinite amount of energy to put out into the universe. So I have to be very mindful of the energy that I do have and how I spend it, what I spend it on and what, what do I allow in my space? Yeah, because ultimately you have to be able to protect your own peace, if you will. Exactly. And so I think what, like, back to Harry and Meghan, being older, you are more mindful of that already. Because you've gone through so much in your 20s and your, your mid, you know, your early 30s. And you're like, no, this is, like, what's important. Mm -hmm. And, like, I only have this one shot to get it right. So I'm not going to put, I'm not going to waste time doing this thing when I I already know what it'll turn out Mm -hmm. to be. So I think that is um, also, which is really important, is that as an older person, you realize like what's important, what you value. You're more who your true self is. I feel like around this age mm-hmm. than you are in your twenties. And mm-hmm. I so I think had they gotten together at twenty one and twenty three or whatever, they might have had a different response and might have tried to stick it through. You have a different level of energy. You're trying to like make right. it work and you're trying to prove more of yourself. At this age, like... Please, other people. Yeah, like, I was watching, um, what's her name? The stand-up comedian. Oh, God, I can't think of her name right now. Leslie Jones? Yes, thank you. She is hilarious. I fell asleep watching her last night. How'd you fall asleep? She was super funny. I was, I... You were tired. Tired. Because, again, don't have the infinite amount of energy to put out into the world. Um, and yesterday I was spent. So, but listening to her compare herself in her 20s versus in her 40s, and 50 she's 52 she's 52 right so but she was to, mostly she's focused on her 20s and mm-hmm. her 40s right 22 year old herself and 42 mm-hmm. year old self right and then so two people yesterday i heard say this her um because she's 52 and there was one other thing that i was watching the person was over 50 and basically they just was like yo at 50 sorry basically at they both said that at 50 
I don't give a F about what you think about me. Right. Mm. And so I think there's more of that in your twenties. And I think there's, you know, less of that in your thirties. And once you get to your forties, by the time you get to 50, you like F it. F it right, 50s, right. right? <laughs> and so Meghan Markle and Harry are halfway, more than halfway there. Right. And, and even with myself, like, I feel like as I'm about to, like, as I am literally running up on 40, yeah, yeah, you know, like I can't get with it. And so like if, if, if it's, if it's F at fifties, <clears throat> I think your forties will really help shape that. Like you're preparing. <laughs> yeah. And so as, as I'm 39, about <laughs> your, your to preparation enter, to say, fuck you. as I'm 39 about to enter into my forties, I think I'm just at that space where it's just like, yeah, no, I don't, I don't know. I'm not. I can't yeah. and I won't. Yeah. And I think that's that's really where they are. So I think showing up for your husband, your spouse or whatever looks different in your 20s versus your 30s versus your 40s. And then like once you get to 50, you're like, I'm not even. Which is funny. You probably like at 50, your husband probably won't even try to do any of the stuff that he might be trying to convince <laughs> him to do now. So I think showing up for my husband looks like, like I know that he's an introvert. So at at all costs, I try to protect his space and protect his peace in that sense that mm-hmm. there's always like a family function or what have you. I don't require my husband to go to those things. Okay. I require him to go to at least one thing a year. Mm-hmm. And that's typically like Christmas. Gotcha. Yeah. You mentioned yeah. that before. That Christmas is a part thing. So for me, showing up to my spouse does look mm-hmm. a little different. It is showing up to family functions. It is being there for him. It is being present um, as much as possible. Um, so it is for me sometimes rallying my energy and my efforts to get it together to show up for him in that way. Because that's what's important for him. It's like right. us showing up as a unit and as a family and being together. So for him, I do show up in that way. Which I think is interesting. And I actually, I think this is also a good opportunity for maybe me and maybe even you to like touch base with your spouse and be like, oh, hey, are the things that I'm doing, are they like of value to you? Mm -hmm. Does it matter to you? Yeah, because I also think that sometimes that can be missed. Um, Perfect example. Yesterday, my husband was like parceling out fruit for the kids, which we do. Put in like the little snack bags because we find that if it's already washed and portioned they'll grab it eat it opposed to it like needing to be separated and then it'll just go bad right Mm -hmm. so he was doing that yesterday but he was doing it when i was getting the kids ready to go to a party Mm -hmm. and i was like i i appreciate you taking the initiative to do this but you could be helping me get these kids ready for this now but this is not time and place right (laughs) so these grapes aren't going anywhere and you honestly don't need to do all of them because you're only going to be gone for a week. So what really would be helpful for me is if you find your, with your son did with his pants. Like that's what would have been more helpful. Um, so, but in his mind, like I'm, I'm showing up for you because I'm getting these grapes ready. So next week when it's, when you're here along with the kids and they ask for grapes, you don't have to go get the grapes because the grapes are already in the bag. And so in his mind, he's showing up for me. Mm-hmm. But I think that it's important to touch base to figure out, like, priorities. The things that you're doing for me are the things that I value. And, it, right. and this goes to, like, love languages, right? Like, are you, what you're doing for me, are you offering to me, is it what I value? Is it what I need? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's important because that changes. Mm-hmm. So really what my husband might have been offering me at 27 versus 30, 35 versus 39 
are different. Would like I don't do I do we still value what the other person's showing up for? Because you get comfortable. Yeah, and, and what that looks like, and that that possibly could change in terms of what's what showing up. Yeah, looks like as well as like you said, in what ways does showing up matter? Yeah, and tracking each other's growth. I think that's a very hard thing to do in relationships too. I think um, it's hard to track your your mate's growth mm-hmm. um, without checking in. And my mm-hmm. husband's not the type of person like wants to talk for talking sake, <laughs> unless it's like something trivial. Like, we could sit right. here and talk about like news, TV, whatever. But like feelings, he's not like that's not what he's he's not here to talk about his your feelings for like just the sake of having a conversation. Um, but I think like for me, the things that he has done has like what his what matters to me changes a lot. You know, even gifts like, sir, I don't, he asked me what I wanted for Christmas. And I was just like, if it doesn't involve a plane ticket or a massage, I'll pass. I don't need more stuff. <laughs> like, I don't need more stuff. I don't want more jewelry. I don't want more clothing. I don't need, like, I want peace of mind because that's what I value now. What I value now is the and the ability to recharge and take some time away from everything. So, you know, tracking each other's growth is also, I think, a way to showing up for each other, like. What do you what do you need now? What do you need today? Mm-hmm. So how do you how do you do you feel like your husband has changed in any way since you've been together? And how has he changed? And do I feel like he's changed? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I really got to sit back and take inventory of that. Do I feel like he's changed? Have um, you? I feel like I've gone through a couple of different changes. Um, you know, since having the baby and being married and us buying a house and I feel like I've definitely changed. Um, but I also feel like I've been trying to recapture what I used to be. If that, if that makes sense. I've been trying to, like, I feel like I have changed and I've been trying to like grab hold of. In what way? The freedom I used to have. Hmm. But I feel like that's a whole nother episode. <laughs> I feel like that's a whole nother episode. Yeah. But um, well, how can you relate that into him showing up for you? Okay. Okay. So the way I can relate that and him showing up for me is like he knew that I had to do community service for sorority today. He also knew that I had to um, record podcast today. And initially he was off from work. And then somehow he got roped into being at work and he called off and said he had a family emergency because I had these things that I had to do and he made time and he made space for me knowing that, you know, I have things to do. But I also have to work on Friday and he's working a late shift. So <laughs> he's not going to call off on Friday. I got to figure out what I'm going to do <laughs> on Friday. But, um... Today that 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 mattered and we're hoping we could like get in a date. Like we were talking about that too. Like let's see if we could go to the movies today. And, you should. You know, who's gonna who's gonna all right, I'm bring Rosie to your house. Oh after I get my kids, you can bring her over. <laughs> right now I'm kid free. So while I'm kid free, I'm kid free. But once I have some children, because like, you know, what's what's one more, right? But I think that's important that he showed up for you today. And then yeah. um and so I think those that is I, I agree with what you said was trying to recapture that. Like I've always been everywhere and involved in everything. And um 
when my husband met me, that's who I was. Like I was a part of this thing and this, I was volunteering here and I was in community services and I was there and I was that. And then I became a parent and I fell all the way back. Like mm-hmm. I just dropped off. Like I just was like, nope, I mean, put my energy into that. Um, but as I have ramped up over the last year to, to being back into involving myself in the things that matter to me, I do agree. I need my husband to show up in that way. But I also have found that um, sometimes him showing up is giving me money to make sure somebody else can show up. Because, all right, you don't want to take the time off or you can't take the time from work. Like, right now, he's out of town for work. Right. So... Pay for the, the sitter or, or whatever. Or, or, like, he know he did last week, Friday. He, um, so he can't... No, so, perfect example. Parcel the grapes, right? Didn't matter to me. It was like, I could care less about these grapes. They could take popcorn. I don't really care. Like, we use other snacks. But he talked to the oldest son and, and like, and asked him to take, um my son to school every day, right? So take his little brother to school every day because that's usually my husband's role. Mm -hmm. So now instead of me having to figure out how to like take my son to school, get my daughter to school time and still get me to work, my involvement will be like getting my son up, getting him dressed and then leaving him for his brother to take him to school Mm -hmm. And, and, and my husband making arrangements for that to happen. That actually was important for me and to me. That I actually valued way more than the grapes mm-hmm. like i could care less about these grapes but you know what i do care about the fact that he has a way to school you've communicated that you need him to take him and pick him up from school i appreciate that and yeah. that that was important and and so for him to do that um really was important for me and i actually i don't know if i actually really communicated that to him and i probably should at some point today you should mention it to him that i do appreciate that he took the time to um, set that up because that protects your mental peace. That's I, stressful, and I don't think he understands that. Yeah, because, like so, <laughs> pick up and drop off is stressful. This is this is like also and you have multiples. Yes, and this is also where the personality is really different. Yeah, for me, I am a thinker. I probably overthink to to, to a huge extent. I'm a planner. Um, my husband is not any of those things, so he typically just deals with stuff as he has to deal with it. Mm-hmm. So the fact that he proactively like was able to tell me on Sunday that he made arrangements, that is huge in my life because he, and I, and I wasn't going to ask him to figure it out mm-hmm. because, you know, I, I know I'll admit, sometimes I get stuck on you should have, you like, why do I have to tell you that, that right, there's right, right, right. But, um, I, you know, so I appreciate that because I, I'm always the one thinking about what else we need to do. Like, oh, we got to do this. I got to figure that out. How are we going to get to here? Like, you know, the kids got to be here at this time and whatever, like, whatever. Like, like coming up for the 25th um, for the What's the Tea Sis event, you know, my daughters have a swim meet that morning. Mm. So, you know, I've, I've already like told him, like, okay, I'll drop the girls off to the swim meet. You could come, you know, later on with our, with, you know, the youngest son. And then you can, you know, stay with the girls. I'll go to this event, and then after that event, I have another event for to support some other friends in that evening. I'm gonna go to that event, and then but but I was already like I'm gonna do this, and I'm gonna do that, and I'm gonna do that, and this is do this, and this is how it's gonna work, and it's all gonna come together. Um, and I've been playing that for like two weeks because I need to be successful, and he's just like, okay, whatever. Like, no, like, I'm like, so what do you say? No, nothing. He doesn't have any input. He doesn't care. Like, mm-hmm. he, he's just like I wasn't even. I didn't think that far advanced. Like, right. I, I didn't think about that. And I'm just like, how do you not think about it? So that's why him thinking about how um, our son's going to get to school really mattered to me because it's one less thing I have to think about. And actually, for me, that is probably the ways in which I have changed the most. 
is that uh, before I, my plate has always been full, but now it's like it's runneth over. And so to have somebody be able to step in and like without me asking, because I, I struggle asking for help to step in and say like, hey, let me do this for you is huge. Mm hmm. So okay. I think that's important. I think this was a great episode. Thank you, uh, Harry and Megan, for <laughs> inspiring us. Um, to talk about how to, you step in and you yeah, know, show up for your spouse. And show up and protect your spouse. Um, yeah. So what do you got that's coming up soon? Um, well, so again, on the 25th, I am moderating um an event, What's the Thesis, which you will be sitting on the panel of. I am sitting on the panel. Super excited about that. It's happening in Maplewood on Saturday the 25th. Um, and the reason why I'm so excited about this is that I feel like it is not often that um, women get to... Not, I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say it's not often. I love opportunities that women get to tell women how they were successful and how to be successful because it's not, it doesn't to me, it's not the same as women. So the panel is going to be um, on nonprofit leadership, leading for lasting impact. Uh, it's going to be with uh, Denise Teller, who is from um, the, she's the president of Differs Inc. Uh, Dolores Tyson, um, who was actually the former president of Planned Parenthood, Celia King, whom I love and adore from <laughs> Leadership Newark, and then our very own Tanisha Gibbs from 44th and Vine. So I think this is going to be an um, interesting conversation. Um, it's going to be at Lola's Tea Room, which I think is going to be really cool and fun to be a part of. I have some, I think, good questions to ask, some things mm -hmm. I'm really interested in knowing. Um, and I hope, you know, we'll be speaking to a room full of women who are really like, dialed in and want to kind of um make great changes and i'm huge on nonprofit leadership um so i think that this is going to be great because you have women offering advice on how we can better nonprofits and that the nonprofits usually are the ones who serve our community so right right um i think it's awesome to have women sitting around and doing that what about you what else you got going and on so, other than this oh. well tickets right they can get yeah. tickets so tickets are on eventbrite they're 15 dollars for the tickets um, which I think is, you know, it's a $15 donation. Um, and the time on the 25th is at 11, so 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Again, Lola's Tea Room, which is located 1560 Springfield Avenue in Maplewood, New Jersey. Um, and so, yeah, and the organization is the North Jersey unit of the NANBPWC, which is a mouthful. <laughs> what, the National Association of Negro... Yeah, so that stands women. for the National Association of Negro Business and Professional Women's Club, yeah. INC, which is a lot to say all it at is. one time. But, um, you know, they've been established since 1935, and it's just women supporting other professional Negro women, which I also think is an amazing thing um, that is needed um, yes. in our community. And I guess the other thing, if you have not gotten... Uh, no, if you have not made arrangements to attend our girls trip, because I said so, podcast girls trip, make sure that you reach out to travel by Alyssa at gmail.com. Again, that's travel, T-R-A-V-E-L by B-Y, Alyssa, A-L-Y-S-S-A -S 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 at gmail.com to 
um, get an invoice for your deposit. We are going to Cancun, Mexico. Viva Mexico. I, I have to say, I, I stayed at that resort. At the Breathless. I stayed at that resort. It was mm-hmm. fun. I had a lot of I had a lot of fun when I was there. Unfortunately, I can't. Were you on the party side or like the kind of quiet side? Um, we kind of stayed like in between. We faced the the not the quiet quiet pool. Mm-hmm. There literally is a pool where there's like no music, no nothing. We we were in the there's like three pools that are close together, mm-hmm. like the middle one. We weren't near the party pool. Um, we didn't really need to be because it, they're none of them are like super far apart. Mm-hmm. So we were fine where we were. Um. I think we spent most of our days in that that middle pool because it was a good mix. It was like yeah. party, but also you could also chill, laid back. Like they did, like you know those little cheesy resort exercises and games <laughs> and stuff like that. It was that, but it wasn't the quiet pool where you just couldn't like talk above a whisper. Like we had our speaker, we had our music. Yeah, we had. For, I think his name was Fernando, who was the phenomenal bartender. Um, he was awesome. <laughs> I think it wasn't Fernando. I didn't think of his name. We followed him on Instagram because he's also a DJ. It's hilarious. Hilarious. He was a great. De- um, so, but unfortunately, I can't make the trip because it's you guys leave on my wedding anniversary, and um, I don't know how my husband would feel about that. He <laughs> can't um, take gas but on a girls trip. Yeah, and I don't think me leaving him <laughs> for a girls trip on our wedding anniversary would be a good look. Right. So, right. um, but it was a great resort. We had a great time. We went for a girls trip. Mm-hmm. Um, it was awesome. It was amazing. I'm, I'm, I'm happy for you guys. I'm glad you guys will be able to go and have such a wonderful trip. Yeah. So make sure that you uh, tag your top five and your top five meets my top five in Mexico for our girls trip 2020. Mm-hmm. All right. So seems like another wonderful episode yeah because I, I said so. so so this is ty this is crystal and this is because I, I said, said so, so.